This episode of Talking Football is brought to you by Nectar CBD. CBD helps provide relief for anxiety, depression, and other health issues. So whether it's helping you focus on a hard project or helping you fall asleep after a busy day, which I definitely know about, Nectar CBD can help you live an elevated life by alleviating some of the biggest distractions you face daily. That's right, everyone. So head over to NectarCBDProducts.com and use our promo code TFP15. Again, that's NectarCBDProducts.com and our promo code TFP15. What is up? Everybody, how you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you today on an episode where we've spent the last hour, literally an hour, talking and drinking whiskey and shots of tequila. Uh, take your guess on who was drinking who. We'll go ahead and put that question on social media as well on which one of us was drunk on what. Because let me tell you, there's not shit to really talk about. And we're kind of bored, so we thought... Hey, let's have a little happy hour. It kind of came unplanned. The great Jasmine Trees recommended, why don't you guys drink tonight? Hey, talk about a genius idea. That is exactly what we have done. Here we are. Trees, I can guess on how you're doing, but man, how are you living right now? I'm, I'm living my best life. That's basically <laughs> what it's at. Um, yeah, we're um, seven shots deep right now in the last hour, and uh, I'm sure there will be a few more during the podcast, so... I'm feeling great. I know you are. And let's be honest, there's not a lot to talk about. So we're just like, hey, let's have some fun with it. So we're going to start out with the All-Decade team. Or actually, I almost forgot about my own game. We're going we're to do some Trisivia. <laughs> hey, so, also pause. Way to ruin the who is drinking what on your <laughs> Mr. Seven shots already. Let's go ahead and hit Trisivia. Um... You were taking shots of whiskey, basically. Fuck, I just gave it away. Yeah, yep. there we go. All right. It's over. It's <laughs> over. All right. Well, that sucks. Spoiler alert. Spoiler. All right. Okay. On a snap per sack basis in the 2019-2020 season, what rookie had the best amount? The best sack ratio? Correct. Compared to snaps played. Josh Allen. Okay. What do you think that is? How many snaps do you think it caught? he has to play to get one sack? Thir- 18 snaps equals a sack. Way too low. Way too low. 30, 38 snaps equals Way a sack. Way too low. Way too low. Oh, my low. God. Wow, okay. Um, that would be somebody averaging literally like four snaps or four sacks a game. That'd be crazy. Uh, 50 snaps equals a sack. Uh, still too low. Or, yeah, still too low. God dang. 75 sack, or snaps equals a sack. Too high. 63. Uh, a little too high. It's 61 and a half. God bless America. Okay. okay. Who, is, who is number two? Uh, Max Crosby. No. It's not going to be Bosa. Bosa's third on the list. So he's at 77. He's at 86.3. Oh, wow. Um, 
Who was another pass rusher last year that was a rookie? First rounder. Um, man, I'm not going to guess that off the top of my head. Brian Burns. Oh, gosh, with the Panthers, yeah. Yeah, 63.7. So, wow, literally so a snap and a half behind. Yeah, so 61.5 for Josh Allen, 63.7 for Brian Burns, and 86.3 for Nick Bosa. And Bosa won rookie defensive player of the year, or defensive rookie of the year. Yes, it it is key to play snaps. To win that award. You want to know some other big name guys that you want to hear some of their other stats? Yep. How about 104.6 for Von Miller? Well, I don't feel like Von Miller had a great year last he year. He didn't. He didn't. But like that's just showing you, I mean, 40 less snap, like 43 less snaps per sack, like is a huge gap. Yeah. Uh, TJ Watt, he was considered a candidate for rookie of the, or I mean for defensive player of the year, right? Yeah. 66.7. Still higher than uh Burns and Josh Allen. Yeah. So, Pretty I mean, good. it just shows how good the, these this rookie pass rusher was. This group, right? Like it, those three literally. and then you brought up Max Crosswell, like he he had a fantastic year. But yeah. so um, basically what I'm getting at is there are some very good fucking pass rushers in the NFL right now. Young ones. I mean, and I don't see the NFL getting any like elite left tackles in or right tackles in this year. I mean, we have a really good group, but not an elite group yeah. and they might be even better next year. Well, that's what makes the NFL so fun. We love seeing touchdowns and sacks. That Big is ass hits. <laughs> yes, it's, yep, that is accurate. I felt like that rhymed. Did that rhyme? No. No. Chicka chicka what? Missed it. All right. Do we have uh, uh, who you talking about? Uh, we do not. But we were talking about this during our one-hour shenanigans. Did a NFL uh, draft network thing, uh, a little mock draft for the Jags, and – we didn't talk about it because you wanted to save it for the pod. So I'm yes, going to just sir. talk about it. Let's um, go. And I want to hear what your thoughts are here. I only did the first five rounds for the Jags. I kind of want to hear what your thoughts are here because I felt pretty good about it. So with pick nine, they take left tackle out of Alabama, Jedrick Wills. Kind of solidify that left tackle position. Um, move, you're going to have to move Cam Robinson in and figure out where to play him. Um, there's positions on that offensive line interior that they can use him. Uh, 20, probably not realistic, but uh, Chason, Cavalon Chason from uh, LSU, the edge rusher mm-hmm. at 20. I don't think he's actually going to be there, but hey, this is like a dream scenario here. So take that spot of obviously Yannick Ngakwe is going to take uh, Phil um, with him being traded. Um, and then at 42, AJ Terrell. Cornerback from Clemson, filling that other cornerback spot that you need. Then at 73, you need another wide receiver, so you take Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Okay. Filling that spot. Uh, at 116, you need interior defensive line, so you take Lecky Fotu out of Utah. 
fill in that defensive interior. Um, and then at 137, I was hoping another running back would fall, but they didn't. So I ended up taking Zach Moss, another Utah guy. Could call it homerism there, but um, yeah. But fill that spot in if Fournette goes down. I think Zach Moss can very easily fill that spot in. And then at 140, uh, Affer- uh, Anthony uh, Jennings from Alabama. We saw him at the Senior Bowl. And then at 165, uh, Antoine Brooks Jr., the safety out of uh, Maryland. Dang, you've hit on a lot of needs. So you've got, you've, of course, your defensive line, corner, offensive line, wide receiver, running back. Yep, so and then a safety. And a safety. So essentially, you're fine everywhere but quarterback in line. Exactly. And you just, yeah, and I, I, I kind of skipped over linebacker just because they signed Schobert. So I was like, ah, yeah. I mean, him and him and Jack, and you just hope everybody stays healthy. Um, and you, they also have multiple sixth and seventh round picks. You know, you can take flyers on guys there. But yeah, and then at quarterback, yes, you ride Minshew. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, I mean, you're most likely fighting for Lawrence or Fields anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Dude, I'm all about it. That's a heck of a draft. And then let's just say that Clowney goes somewhere other than Seattle. Let's say Seattle then trades pick 26 for Yanni Kangakwe. Jags then trade that 26 pick for next year's first rounder. And then just a mid-round pick, like a fourth-round pick. So 26 and a fourth or fifth rounder from Seattle um, for Yanni Kangakwe. And then next year, Jags can go into um, the draft with three first-rounders in case if they win a, a few too many games. They can be like the Dolphins right now and have enough first round capital to then trade up for Lawrence or Fields, whoever they ch- prefer. Who would you prefer? Lawrence. Even if the even if the NFL is moving to more of a Fields. Yeah, I mean, I love Fields. Like, I would not I would not be upset if they chose Fields, but I mean. Gun to my head, like if you only had to choose one, it would be Lawrence. I think Lawrence is, I mean, almost just as good of an athlete, man. You saw him during the Orange Bowl, and he was making tons of runs for him. Yep. So, anyways, just a little side thing that I did today, and I wanted to talk to you about it. So, felt like that was like a good thing for the Jags that they were trying to rebuild. Like that, that fills out in a lot of needs that they could uh, need to have for this upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. Heck of a heck of a draft there. Heck of a job by you. Why don't you just go ahead and go be an NFL GM? You know, what's what's taking you so long there? Yeah, because it's that easy, really, is what it is. I mean, duh. Duh. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about this all-decade team. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, he says. So, all right. Um, what were your biggest surprises on this all-decade team? Oh, man. Okay. Um, so this might sound a little crazy. I was kind of surprised that Eric Berry and Tyron Matthew both made the safety list, uh, to be completely upfront and honest with you. I mean, I know they're both great players. They're both great at what they do. But I just feel like with the injury history that Eric Berry had 
and then the the moving of teams that Tyron Matthew had, they might go elsewhere. Uh, was Cam was Cam Chancellor on that list? No, he was not. See, like right there, that's kind of a surprise. One of the hardest hitting safeties that we saw, generational wise, that was a part of the Legion of Boom, doesn't even make the list. Yeah, I mean, only one member of the Legion of Boom even made it. That's you see, and that was Richard Sherman, who's now on the 49ers. Yep, for sure. Um, I was I was very surprised on the Eric Berry one. Tyron Matthew, I wasn't as surprised on, but Eric Berry, I was very much surprised on. I was very surprised that Clay Matthews did not make this list. Um, oh yeah. I mean, but when you look at outside linebackers, Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, like that's a very solid team. You don't know who you'd replace out of that, but Clay Matthews' overall career and overall decade stats show that he deserves to be on this. Um, I think Julius Peppers being on this list is quite a surprise. I was just about to say the same thing. Yep. To me, I would rather, because Khalil Mack kind of plays both positions, would have rather put Khalil Mack on the defensive ends, take out Julius Peppers, and then put in uh, yep. Clay Matthews at outside. Uh, Cameron Wake, I saw, was he a guy that possibly got snubbed? Because uh, it was side-by-side stats of him and Julius Peppers, and his stats were pretty much better in every category, I think, except one. But, I mean, that's a guy who's clearly overlooked all the time uh, in what his career is and what it has been. So to me, it's just, it's crazy to think that players like that are just getting completely overlooked as Treese decides to play video on his end. Yep. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> kind of shake some things up. Uh, but cornerback wise, like, are you fine with the corners, Patrick Peterson, Darrell Rivas, and Richard Sherman? Uh, I am actually, I mean, they have Chris Harris as the defensive back. So uh-huh. technically there's four, but, um, yeah, I'm fine with it. Obviously, Sherman and Revis 100% do. I mean, the biggest question mark is Patrick Peterson, who ha- who has had a fantastic career, but he hasn't really necessarily had the stats and everything. That, And I, I'm not going to say that stats equal if you're an all-pro or not, because sometimes people just don't target you. Um, mm-hmm. To me, like, because defensive back kind of means, like, you're, like, the outlier of the top five, you know, like, the three corners and the two safeties. Like, these are, like, almost reserves, but not. Like, I would have rather placed Chris Harris inside of it and Patrick Peterson as the defensive back because I think that Chris Harris has had an overall better decade than Patrick Peterson has. Um and honestly, I'm surprised Patrick Peterson didn't get more consideration for like punt return specialist because his rookie year and his second year in the league, he had multiple touchdown returns as a punt returner. Yep. But I mean, I think that's where Tyree Kill comes into play, though, because he was just so electric. Like it got to a point where if Tyree Kill, if you see Tyree Kill running back there, like we're just going to punt the ball out of bounds. We're not even going to give him a shot to get them even more points on the board. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Um, moving to the offensive side, uh, are you surprised that Aaron Rodgers made it over Drew Brees? No. He's been an MVP two times this decade. He's won a Super Bowl. And, I mean, his team just went 13-3. and three. 
He hasn't. I mean, we've talked about this. He doesn't miss games due to injury. I mean, there has been times where he's been out, but like within the last couple of years, he hasn't been injured. Did he miss any games this last season? Not last season, no. Yeah, and the year before he didn't either. Uh, I think he might have missed a game the year before, but um, yeah. So uh, I get it. Like, I mean, he's missed more games than Drew Brees has, but also I I agree with you. I I would have chose Aaron Rodgers over Drew Brees for this decade. Especially with the Super Bowl, uh, Drew Brees was last decade. So yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, wide receivers. I mean, I don't think there's much question there, right? Antonio Brown, Fitzgerald, Julio, and Calvin. Like, not much argument there, right? Pretty much an exceptional list, honestly. Yep. Uh, tight ends. I I feel the same way, right? Yep. Kelsey and Gronkowski. Like, there's no questions. Um, <clears throat> tackles. Joe Thomas. Uh, let's see, Joe Staley, Tyron Matthew, Jason Peters. Honestly, n- nothing to fight about there. Yep. Guards, same way. Can't argue. I mean, off honestly, all of the offensive positions or offensive line positions, I can't argue there. Um, running backs, <clears throat> this is interesting to me because we made our all we made three all decade teams in January, and yep. they're missing out of one running back that we brought up on our three teams. So they have Adrian Peterson, LaShawn McCoy, Marshawn Lynch, and Frank Gore. I think those are all very good, but they left out Matt Forte. And I think Matt Forte is not getting the respect that he deserves. And maybe this is just me being biased, but Jamal Charles, that's another one. That dude was dominant. And he was talking about about the only guy the Chiefs had there for like four years and just absolutely nothing here. I mean, it makes sense with Marshawn Lynch, won Super Bowls, did well, great runs. Adrian Peterson, of course, LaShawn McCoy, his career's just kind of been up and down on the, like, you know, going from the Eagles to the Bills. It was kind of quiet with the Bills, but he's still productive. And then Frank Gore, I mean, he's just one of those guys that just hasn't gone away. So, I guess that list makes sense as Treese takes another shot. Oh, my gosh. Look at this man. Go. We're not even <laughs> 20 minutes in or just at 20 minutes. Dude, mind your own business. Just keep keep reading off your stats. I love it. The flex, though, going to Darren Sproles. Are you fine with that, Darren Sproles being at the flex position? I'm 100% fine with this. I, I'd be actually upset that he got snubbed. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, but to your point, though, if you're talking about other guys like Jamar, Jamal Charles would have been a perfect fit for the flex as well. But to me, as this flex, it's like, I mean, we could get to special teams and he was Sproles was on this as well. But I mean, like what Sproles did from receiving, rushing and returning, like I think that that's a perfect flex. Yep. Um, with the kickers being Stefan Gostowski and Justin Tucker, um, I mean, they both went AFC kickers. I'm kind of surprised to not see Adam Vinatieri on this list. So I mean, one of the most consistent kickers we've ever seen. I mean, just absolutely clutch. Ice in his veins, top to bottom of his body, not on this list. I mean, he's he's the guy that's on the list is the one that replaced him in New England, correct? Or not even replaced him, but came in shortly after. He did replace him. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so 
it, it is a bit of a surprising. It's almost like they are taking it to account like how bad he was this past season that like it affects the previous nine seasons. Yeah, I mean, he leads the NFL in scoring. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I would not I would not have left him out. But um, Justin Tucker obviously deserves to be mm-hmm. in there. He he's been fantastic. So. Um, no complaints there. Um, returners, I mean, we already talked talk, talked about Hill and them. So, um, and then Sproles being in it as well. And then uh, Cordell Patterson was also in there, right? Yeah, Devin Hester. Did but he, Devin Hester how, wasn't. It, that was last decade, right? Like, see, he that's really what I it. thought. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, like two decades ago, right? Like from 2000 to 2010. That's yeah, what he. Right, like, cause that's when like, the when the Colts Bears Super Bowl was in 07 and all that. So that's when he was great. I I still think he had a great like, I, I can't remember, but like 2010, maybe 2011, he was still pretty good. But then he like dropped off. So it was more like only a year or two of key Devin Hester. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <clears throat> so um, I have no problem with that. So like overall, I think he was pretty good. Um, I'm sure that there's few players that are like ah, they should have been in- included, but to me, like Matt Forte just didn't get the love because there there was four running backs in there. Like I think that he got snubbed a little bit. I would agree with you 100%. What else do we got to talk about here, Trees? Moving on to our next topic. I mean, let's talk about the NFL draft here. Um, it's gonna go virtual, right? Like everybody's just gonna be on Zoom. So how does that affect the draft? That's the biggest question for a lot of people, right? Um. You know, a lot of it is, I mean, they're usually on phone calls anyway. So, like, how much does it really affect? Does it affect trades? Does it not? Sure, you could probably see that it maybe it does a little bit. But I also think that teams have been home and doing this for a few weeks now, that everybody's getting comfortable with it. And they're almost going to, like, train for this. They're going to practice it for weeks of, like, okay, we need to call this person. Hurry and call this and just see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Like that I almost think that it might go quicker than what we're used to because they're going to have all this time to practice because they don't have people coming in or anything, players coming in that they have nothing else to do other than just practice this type of stuff and watch film. Like they don't have players coming in for physicals or anything. Yeah. Um do you think like some teams that have older general managers or older an older setting type front office, do you think this is going to hinder their ability in the draft with all this technological aspect of things? You would hope that they have younger members on their team that can be like, hey, no, let, like, let me set this up and let's do this type of stuff and kind of take that role. I mean, honestly, it might be bringing up that point. Like it might be better for like younger members of that team to be able to like step up and like, you know, like be in a key spot and a key role in the draft that maybe they wouldn't have been. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's always that possibility though, right? You have an older person that just kind of just doesn't understand the internet. Um, that happens <laughs> from time to time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it possibly could, but overall, I think that teams have enough time right now to practice all of this stuff that it, I think it's going to go pretty smoothly. I'm more curious on just like how it's going to be televised. Like what, what's going to be shown? What's not like, are people going to 
do you think that like even though everybody should be in their houses like do you think that like these teams like hire these like massive cleaning companies and like just clorox everything and then they have a few people in that room at one time is there because there are teams that that usually only have like two to five people in their war room anyways Mm -hmm. obviously some teams have 20 to 30 people but there are teams that only have that small amount do they do all teams maybe do that and then they all can be into that air you know in the same room but there's only you know less than a handful of them that's an interesting thought because i mean the facilities are being are pretty much closed correct yeah that everything is just shut down so that's interesting but i mean in that letter it said it said that they were going to remain like the facilities were going to remain shut down and closed yeah, I mean, which is true, right? Like they they remain close, but you wonder if they talk to the commissioner and go, "Hey, what if we only had a few people in this room, and it's just us? We're the only ones that are allowed in here. Nobody else." And obviously, our video is going to be on, so you can see how many people are actually in this room, and it's only going to be three to four people in this giant room that it, we're all clearly even twenty feet apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. And maybe not. Maybe the NFL is like, no, like we don't want that. We don't want that backlash. We don't want people being like, oh, you allowed people in the same room. Everybody yep. just do it from their house. But I could also see GMs convincing the commissioner like this is better and it's going to be easier for everybody if we only are allowed three to five people in this room. Man, that's going to be so interesting. It is. Very much is. And we're only we're literally like three weeks away at this point. Yeah. I mean it's it's gonna fly by. It's gonna get here. Um, hopefully everyone's doing safe and all right in quarantine mode. You know we'll just touch up on that again. Uh, but speaking of the NFL draft, Teresa and I had a little heck of a time last Thursday evening with the boys, the Mobile Crew, the old Senior Bowl squad. We did a little Twitter mock draft with Adam Has with oh my gosh. Adam Heisler, Jared Brown, Connor Rogers, Matt Miller, and Mello joined with Justin Treese and myself. We did a whole first-round mock. Went by pretty good. Talk about some backlash. Though Matt Miller followers, hey, uh, nice to be introduced to some of those people, uh, some of those guys and gals, because uh, they're fucking ruthless. They'll let you know if they don't agree with something. They'll really give their thoughts. I saw Matt get his attitude for just simply forgetting that you went receiver for the Jaguars at their pick. Uh, yeah. He quickly makes the correction there. Doesn't matter. People are still coming at him. It was crazy to be a part of that, but it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I had a hell of a time. Uh, there were some different picks. Trees took a different corner, number one off the board, or number two, excuse me, right? Um the Raiders took a quarterback at 12 from Mr. Jared Brown. That got some people triggered. That got me. That allowed me to go on my the Raiders should have traded Derek Carr tangent a little bit more, which was fun. But Adam yeah. Heisler took a running back at whatever with the Buccaneers, 15, 16, wherever they picked. Yes. I can't remember. I mean, you had a running back taken. Yeah, there was. it was chaos, and it was a ton of fun. Loved it. I did. I loved it as well. And yeah, I love the person that came at Matt because like 
how am I paying more attention to you than your own mock? Calm down, dude. First off, like he didn't pick for the Jaguars <laughs> at nine, so he's not paying attention to that. Like, sh- like whatever. Like, it's not that big a deal. And also, it's a for fun mock of like, what would you do? Like, this was not at all like what they should do, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's like a, what's for fun, right? And you're right. It was fun. It was entertaining to see all the backlash and get into the world of the stick to football crew, like what they get to deal with and stuff. So it was a good time. We had a fun time on in our text thread, just, uh, just laughing about it and stuff. So it was good. I mean, we should do that more often. <laughs> I mean, the draft's only two and a half weeks away. So <laughs> I mean, not much time to do it again, but I mean, maybe you and I will do another mock draft live on Twitter at some point, maybe before the draft, but it was awesome. It was super fun to have, like, what was it, seven of us involved in it? Yeah. So, like, it wasn't like we were going back and forth and it's quick rapid fire. It was like, okay, my, I went, okay, I got five minutes to, you know, five to ten minutes to settle down and just, you know, relax. And then you just wait to get tagged again and stuff. So, it was awesome. It it really was a fun time. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful to be involved in it, to be honest. Absolutely. It was it was an enjoyable time. Thank you, boys. We appreciate it. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the possibility of basketball, baseball, and football all going on together this summer. Basketball is going to have to restart at some point because the NBA season just postponed or excuse me postponed the season. MLB had delayed opening day by two months. That's going to be coming up here in another month. And then NFL training camp, OTAs, all that's going to be kicking off. So there's a real possibility that we're looking at baseball getting started, the NBA playoffs going, going into the finals, as well into the NFL season, preseason, the new schedule. This is going to be an incredible summer fall if all of this takes place correctly, which honestly, I'm fine with. I am fine with that many sports going on at that time there's going to be so much to talk about there's going to be so much going on everyone's going to be catching up everyone's going to be going out and spending money going out to restaurants going out and just buying things just getting the fuck out of the house because we it's been three four weeks at this point i'm tired of it i i haven't been downstairs since i think seven o'clock it's almost 11 my time right now if i'm looking at the clock right yes it's 10 30 I am tired of being downstairs in my townhouse. I can't fucking stand it right now because I'm down there all day for work. I'm upstairs right now in my bedroom. Loving it. It's great. It's nice to be in a different section of the house and not staring at the same goddamn window over my laptop that I have been all day for the last couple weeks. Sorry for the GD there. I shouldn't have dropped it, but I did. My podcast, our podcast, we'll say whatever we want. Isn't that how it goes, Treese? Yeah, it's our fucking podcast. We'll say whatever we want. And guess what? Fuck the Titans. AFC Championship game, Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs, suck on that. So, the possibility, trees that I've been talking about here, baseball, NBA playoffs finals, hockey playoffs finals, the start of the NFL season, as he takes another shot, look at this man go. He's going to get to 10 by the end of it, and this is going to be fantastic. He's going to fall asleep. And he's not even going to remember falling asleep. This is going to be awesome. I love it. But the possibility of all of that happening this summer and fall, what are your thoughts on that and that amazingness that could take place? I mean, 
It's going to be fantastic because we always hate that, like, June-July area of the year because, like, there's not a lot going on. It's, like, the dead part of baseball, so that's not really exciting, and then no other sports are going on. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, I think that this screws baseball a lot because um, nobody's going to be watching baseball regular <laughs> season if you have football starting and getting ready to start. And you have basketball finals going on and playoff going on. You're going to have some majors in golf going on. Oh, that's Sadly, another the, solid point. The major, I mean, the Masters isn't until November. They announced that today. But uh, all the other ones are going to be going on. And people are going to want to watch golf. Baseball gets screwed in all of this is basically what it gets to. Well, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. You go ahead. You're on a I, tangent. I talked long I, enough. I was finishing up, so go ahead. Maybe this will make baseball realize we need to market a little better since we're not the only sport going on in the dead of June and July. Maybe let's market some more. Like Mike Trout, probably the best baseball player to ever touch, you know, put step on the field, the baseball diamond. Maybe we should kind of market this guy a little bit more. Let's get him to the younger crowd. Let's show some people what this guy is really doing. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever seen Mike Trout play a baseball game. Part of that is on me, but another part of that is the the games aren't aired where I'm at. I'm not staying up till that late to watch a baseball game. And half the time, it's not even on channels, local channels that I can watch. So That's I've fun. never seen Mike Trout play a baseball game. Fun as fact crazy as that sounds. Fun fact for you. I went to every single one of his AAA games. Really? Yeah, because he he played in Salt Lake, and he was only he was only in AAA for like literally two weeks, <laughs> and then he moved up to the majors. Holy, how how fast did he fly through the minors? Uh, pretty damn fast, right? Like really damn fast. But he was actually uh, he was in du- single and double A for longer than he was in AAA. Like AAA, it was like holy shit, Mike Trout is gonna be here like it was a big deal around here we went to every single one of his games i think it was like three series combined and then he was up and we were like all right we'll never see him again unless he has a major injury where he has to come down and just practice basically um but it was fantastic to see i remember the first game that we watched him maybe it was the second game he had like two triples and two doubles or something like that. Like, it was just like, he didn't have a home run, but like, it was just like, yeah, this dude's a fucking freak. So we just went, <laughs> we just went and sat in center field and just watched him. And he was awesome then. He's awesome now. So he, I mean, he's been my guy ever since, just because obviously you get to watch him in there. We, there's that whole thing on Twitter, actually, that you posted the other day of like, you can only choose three and you chose Trout. And I was like, Trout's my guy. I love Trout. But I still had to choose Mahomes and LeBron and then Tiger because Tiger at peak is just a fantastic thing. Like Master Sunday is maybe one of the funnest days of the year. It really is. Yeah, I agree. Just I used to go over to my grandparents' house all the time in high school. Um, and every time I'm home, like on the weekends, I go see him as well. And almost every Sunday, Grandpa's got the golf channel on. You know, he's watching it, listening to Jim Nance talk. And the quiet whisper, Tiger Woods up here, pot, you know, just yeah. all that rolling and going on. So I've, I feel like the reason I chose Trout was because I've seen Tiger Woods play golf, like growing up with my grandpa. 
and then Mike Trout. Like, if it comes to a Monday night and there's only three people to watch, I would like to see Mike Trout play. That's fair. I mean, your, your argument is fair. So. Yeah. All right. So, all right. What? So, that's where we're at. It's interesting to see. Like, it'll be interesting to see what happens when we have fucking four major sports, five major sports going on at once. I mean, we didn't even talk about hockey. And playoff hockey is super fun to watch. It's fucking stellar. I won't watch a stellar. single second of season play hockey. Not a single <laughs> second. But the moment playoffs start... I'll watch one game of every of every team, and then I'll choose my team after one game. I'll be like, yep, that's my team. Let's go. So, like, the St. Louis Blues, of course, you know, they won the Stanley Cup last year. I have so many friends from college that are from St. Louis. My girlfriend's from St. Louis. All their friends. Watching the Blues and, like, seeing their reaction to them making it through the playoffs, the run that they went on, the games that they had to play, how, like, how stressful it was and how clutch the team came through to get there and it ultimately win it was awesome. So dude, I love hockey and I didn't have hockey growing up. I'm from a village of like fucking 700 people. The only soccer we had was when we played in elementary school and we got that taken away. Hockey and soccer never saw it and didn't understand it. Lacrosse that's we joke about that. People even the idea of people playing that we literally had football, Basketball, baseball, and track. And that was it. Tennis, that wasn't a thing. I mean, swimming, LOL. Go jump in the freaking pond that the cows shit and drink out of. That's about all we had. Uh, so those major sports are new to me. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But the, I guess my point is getting to finally watch hockey in some of these sports and understanding the passion and level of stress that these fandom, the fan bases experienced in this was cool with the Blues winning the Stanley Cup. So, sorry everybody, uh, apparently Austin lives in the, uh, I don't know, a hard part of the neighborhood, and here's a fucking police car is just driving by, but oh, hey. did you get that? Yeah, yeah, we all it, got it that. Got, it got a little <laughs> hot here in the bedroom due to the whiskey, so I had to crack open a window. My <laughs> that is fun. Um, so, let's be honest here. When, so your girlfriend's from St. Louis, right? So she's probably, you know, like a low-key St. Louis uh, Blues fan. Obviously, the Chiefs had not won the Super Bowl yet. Were you low-key a little jealous that maybe a team that she rooted for had won a championship and a team that you had diehard rooted for had not won a, uh, a championship yet? Honestly, no. Um, No. Just due to the fact that it was different sports. Now, like when the Cardinals did it in 2011, um, and they won, that was like, oh, like I'm the type of person when a local team wins, I'm happy. Then I got to college and I made friends with people from St. Louis. So I'm in college when the Royals go to back-to-back World Series. The amount of douchebagginess that comes from St. Louis fans when a team in the same state does just as good, if not better, than them. It was too much for me to handle. I, I, I couldn't be friends with them during the postseason because they just shitted on the amount of fucking World Series that Cardinals fans, that Cardinals have won in the entirety of baseball. Guess what? Since the Royals joined the fucking MLB in like 1975, they've been to the same amount of World Series and won the same amount. The Cardinals might have won more. 
because they won in 06 and 11 and then the yeah the royals won in 85 and then 2015 yeah but we've been to the same amount so suck on that all right but guess what missouri's on top we got hockey we got the kansas city chiefs the cardinals and the royals all winning world series winning being at the peak of their level of performance in their league this decade it was great it was awesome so we can be fine on that I feel like I need to move to a city that has more sports. Uh, yeah, Kansas City is a pretty fucking good one. And and soccer. And sporting KC. Hmm. I mean, sure. I mean, I'm not going to diss on soccer. I, I mean, I, I enjoy watching soccer during the Olympics, so I'm not going to diss on that. But, um, yeah, I feel like I need to because, I mean, Utah's got uh, the Jazz, and that's the only professional team they basically have. Uh, I mean, they have a soccer team, but again, it's soccer, so I, I don't get too much into it. I have been to a few Real games, and they are fun. Soccer fans are fucking crazy. Um, very much so. Very much more crazy than NFL and just football fans, that's for sure. But uh, I feel like I need to move to uh, to enjoy that because I just don't – I don't have that, right? Like, our biggest thing in Utah is BYU versus Utah. Like, that's the big thing. Yep. So, all right, we're moving on. Oh, fuck. I had to burp there. Yeah. The last 20 minutes is just me going on random tangents. Uh, let's get to the bulk of our episode here. Uh, last episode, we went one through five, kind of what the teams have done in the offseason and kind of where they maybe should go in the draft and, and, whether, and then how they're going to do next season. So, up next here is the Chargers. Uh We'll go ahead and discuss what their offseason has been. Excuse me here. The Los Angeles Chargers. We've seen them come out with a new logo. We've seen them move on from Phillip Rivers. And we've seen them add a couple key additions this offseason. They've added Nick Virgil at linebacker. They've added Chris Harris at corner. They've added Linvel Joseph at defensive tackle, another big guy in the middle that they, of course, have. They added offensive tackle Brian Bulaga. That's a huge pickup. And then they franchise tagged Hunter Henry. In my mind, the Chargers have nailed this free agency in terms of what they were and what they can be if all goes well. They moved on from Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon. Big hits. They also re-signed Austin Eckler. You're fine at running back. You can draft someone. But at pick six, it's hard for me to think that they don't take a quarterback. Just to be completely honest with you, whether that's Justin Herbert or if somehow Tua falls. Trees, what are your thoughts? I mean, so they also traded for the left guard um, from Carolina. They traded Russell Okun, right? Um, so, and uh, Trey Turner. Thank you. I couldn't think of his name, and I just said thank you to myself. So that's so that's great. Um, What's up, Quentin like, Williams? Yeah, I feel like Quentin Williams now, but um. So remember the other a couple podcasts ago when I said that the Chargers were maybe one of the biggest winners of free agency and you laughed at me? And then you just said that they've done fantastic? I mean, I don't necessarily remember laughing at you. I mean, we can go back and check. We can check the film. So okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they've done fantastic. And honestly, I don't think that they go quarterback at six. 
I think that they go with Tyrod Taylor for one year and just see what happens. And if it starts to fail, I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm yeah. not saying it's the right thing. I'm saying I think they do that. And if it starts to fail, they go with Easton Stick and just say, what can this what can this young kid do? And they just go from there. Um, and I think that they go. I mean, what if Isaiah Willie, like Simmons is there? What if Simmons is there? At six. I, I still think that he's a strong possibility at four for the Giants. But what if he's there and then they just have this fucking ridiculous defense? Or what if, you know, they they get high on, you know, whatever other position that they could? Um, I mean, now that Okung's out there, like, do they want a left tackle? And they go, we get a left tackle here. We feel fantastic about our offensive line for Years and years. I know they have Belaga, but like, what if they move him to opposite side or whatnot, right? Like, they mm-hmm. you can get creative on the offensive line. Um, you want? I mean, that's my thought. I also think if somebody like Tua fell to them, which he's not, but like if Tua fell to six, then sure. But I don't. I just don't know if they're sold on a Justin Herbert. So, um. I think that there's just more possibilities for them. I think that the Chargers are also just a prime candidate to trade out a six for more picks if somebody falls in love with a Justin Herbert because he's most likely going to be there at six. Mm-hmm. And they just get more picks. So that's what I'm going to say is they – I think it's more likely they trade out of that position to get more picks than anything. Who do you – Okay. We'll, we'll grab it. We'll dig into that rabbit hole a little bit later. But overall, great offseason by the Chargers. Possibility to trade back and get more picks to add to this team. An already great defense. Uh, they just need to stay healthy. They've helped their offensive line this offseason. So they're clearly in the right move. They just need to find that long-term quarterback. Maybe Tyrod Taylor is the answer for a year. Next, Carolina Panthers. Number seven on the board. They're moving on from Cam Newton. That era is over with. They have signed Teddy Bridgewater. They are going forward with him. They have signed Farrell Cooper at wide receiver. They have added Robbie Anderson, which kind of is confusing. They've also added Seth Roberts. They got Trey Boston again at safety. Uh, They added defensive end and safety help and Justin Burris. Um, Kyle Allen, I believe they traded, yes, to the Washington Redskins. And then they've also added John Miller at guard. Been somewhat of an okay, an okay offseason. Kind of a questionable, what are they going to do here? They also added uh, P.J. Walker, the quarterback from the XFL. I almost forgot about that. He's honestly a guy that I could see come in. Let's say Teddy just does awful. Maybe P.J. Walker comes in and just tears it up. Maybe he continues on from what he did with the XFL into the NFL and does well. But really, the Panthers, they've just had a They've added people to the team. They've added depth at receiver. New head coach in Matt Rule. There's new ownership within the last two or three years. You're moving on from Cam Newton. Is Isaiah Simmons the clear-cut pick if he's here? Where are you thinking, Therese, that they should attack? And what else could they do to help them compete in the NFC South next season? Um. So... For me, it's they need an interior defensive line. So a guy like Javon Kinlaw, Derek Brown are, are candidates. They honestly need cornerback after losing another cornerback in free agency. Um, obviously, 
seven would be a reach for a CJ um, Henderson, but also could see it being done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, obviously with um, Keekly retiring, Isaiah Simmons would probably be a dream come true for them to fall into them. Um, so I would say all of those, like those positions, those three interior defensive line, cornerback and linebacker are three needs. They have that. They have this like really weird feel to them of like, we're fucking tanking. Like we, we want Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And then all of a sudden it was like, we, tr- we signed Bridgewater and we make a few other trades. Are like, man. That kind of improves your team. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, is this like a seven and nine team? Is this a six and ten team? That gets them to pick exactly where they're at now in that like seven to twelve range. Like, what are they doing here? So they're a very hard team to predict for. I think their offense honestly isn't going to be that bad. I mean, I think they have good tackles. I think Teddy's going to do great. They have three fantastic wide receivers in, like you said, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. And then we all know that they have arguably the best running back in football in McCaffrey. Like this offense is not going to be bad. I, I yeah. still think they lost that trade in Trey Turner. I don't know why they would trade him for a coon, but like whatever. The defense is going to struggle though. And I think they're going to be in massive shootouts i think when you're a gambling person um you choose the over every single time when the panthers are playing a game i think that it's going to be shootouts every single week so i think that they go heavy on defenses it's basically where i'm getting at they might mm-hmm. spend some picks on interior offensive linemen but there's not a lot of interior offensive linemen that i would take in the first two rounds uh, early, early in the first two rounds. Yeah. So I think they're gonna miss out on the top guys because they're like end of the end of uh, round two. So I think they're gonna just miss out on those guys. So I think they'll just go pretty heavy on on defense the entire draft. Makes sense. Good move for them. Let's go ahead and get to our next team, the eighth pick of the draft, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they might have had the trade of the offseason. Was somehow pretty much stealing DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans and getting rid of that David Johnson contract that the Texans are fully taking on. They've added depth at linebacker. Uh, they've added depth along their defensive line, and they've kept Kenyon Drake. They have Chase Edmonds as well. I think that's great a running back duo there if you decide to go that way. You have receivers and DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk. You also have Speedster, the kid out of UMass. Why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Uh, uh, Andy uh, Andy Isabella. Isabella, yes, thank you. Um, I wanted to say Amadola for whatever reason, but Andy Isabella. Oh, my gosh, excuse that burp. Ooh, that was a whiskey burp ever. But honestly, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, you just talked about the Panthers going heavy on defense. That's what the Cardinals should do as well in the offensive line. You need to get younger there. You need to be healthier there. I think you're fine at receiver. Find a tight end if you can. You're fine at running back. You already have your quarterback of the future. Your defensive edge rushing is fine. Your linebacking, I feel like you have plenty of depth. Go help Patrick Peterson and Buda Baker in that secondary. Get some more guys there. Uh, I already think you're set up in a position to create noise in the NFC West. Let's just add a little bit more to that and see if we can win the damn thing and just go from there and shock the shit out of the world. 
I agree. Uh, I actually think that Javon Kinlaw is a perfect fit here. I think that they need help on the interior defensive line. And I think that, they, I mean, when you think of what this team is doing with Kingsbury and with Murray, like you think of high upset side guys that may not be exactly ready year one, but year two, three, four, five, you think, okay, they have a higher upside than these other guys. Mm-hmm. I think that's Kinlaw compared to Derek Brown. So, I mean, they went with Kingsbury. They went with Murray. Uh, get another guy that maybe year one, he's not as good as Brown. But year two, he's going to be. Year three, he's probably going to be. So, I think Kinlaw is the perfect fit here. Get some, you know, something just, you know, strong and tough inside and then open up, which is scary. Open it up more for Chandler Jones because – that dude already led the NFL in sacks last year. When you have an offensive line that have to focus in on the interior of, interior of a defense, um, that just makes it even more scary. I uh, totally agree. They probably need another safety. Um, what is, and I'm blanking, um, maybe, I don't know why, but um, what is the cornerback's name out of Washington that got taken in the second round last year? The corner out of Washington? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to know that off the top of my yeah, head. You're not going to know that. Yep. So, um, Washington. Um, sorry, I'm looking it up right now because it's just. There it's was just, Taylor Rapp, the safety. He's the safety. Yep. Yep. God dang it. Who's the corner? Let me know when you find it because I know you're searching it. Yep, I am. I am. Um, so, but either way, like, I think they need help on safety more than anything. And then we'll go and then go from there. But build it from the inside out is basically what I'm getting at. So um, we'll see how it goes. But I think they just need to basically get more tough, right? Like that in the end, that's what this team needs to do is get more tough. I agree with you. Um, Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy. Yep. <laughs> Got okay. it. Yep. Byron Murphy. But he actually struggled a lot last year. I think he actually gave up the second most touchdowns um, out of any defensive player in the NFL last year. Oh, gosh. I was not aware of that. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the Jacksonville Jaguars picking ninth in the draft. I guess we don't have to go too far into this since Trees pretty much started the episode with it. Um, they've added Tyler Eifert um, at tight end. They added Joe Schobert at linebacker. Uh, Rodney Guntner at defensive end. Al Woods at defensive tackle. Karius March at linebacker. Another corner. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is still up in the air on what they're going to do with that franchise tag. They're clearly going to trade him. Uh, I'm sure that's going to happen the week of, if not night of, the draft. Uh, just to kind of line out everything in that direction. If they can maybe get another first-round pick or picks for next year. Um a crazy situation, but they've added veteran talent. If Tyler Eifert can stay healthy, uh, who was the tight end that was really developing last year before he got injured for you guys? Oliver, Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver. So, I mean, that one-two duo, that's going to be nice to have, especially if Eifert is healthy. That's going to help Minshew out a ton. DJ Shark is still producing. Chris Conley's a good, like, reliable receiver to throw to when he's open. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, of course, that speedster's there. Like, this offense has the ability to produce, especially if they go offensive line here. 
Are you stuck with him going offensive line at nine, or do you want him to pursue maybe defensive side of the ball? Yeah, so I think my dream scenario is, I mean, it's weird to say your dream scenario is an offensive line because, like, as a fan, that's not the sexy pick. But I think I do want offensive line. I'm fine with the defensive tackle like a Derek Brown or a Javon Kinlaw. Um, And then in our mock draft, what happened is I ended up having the ninth pick. Uh, didn't mean to, for that to happen, but it just happened. I ended up taking Jerry Judy, and that's just because the top two left tackles in Wills and Werfs were gone, and then uh, Derek Brown was gone as well. So it was kind of down to what do I do here? Do I take Kinlaw or do I take Jerry Judy? And I think that that's when the decision gets tough. I think that the Jags, in my opinion, is probably like a – Wills, Werfs, Derek Brown are their top three guys, and they're just hoping one of those three guys fall to nine. And But if not, then you're going to have that tough decision. So um, for me, yeah, I mean, I still think that they're kind of tanking this year, and they're just going you know, kind of with the flow, get as much talent around the team as possible, and then just figure out what Minshew is this year. If he's not great, then you obviously can get in that Lawrence or Fields talk. If not, then great, you got another young quarterback on a six-round deal making, you know, $500,000 a year uh, mm-hmm. for the next two years, and then you still got two first-rounders next year, and you just continue to build that team. So, I mean, to me, it's just build the overall team this year and don't worry about quarterback. Um, but, I mean, I've been watching a lot of mocks, and a lot of teams are saying, hey, if somebody falls to 20, then sure. But And I totally agree with that, right? Like, if a Jordan Love falls or a Justin Herbert falls to 20, which is very, very unlikely, but, like, what if that happens? Sure, mm-hmm. then you have to consider that. But for me, I'm just like, build the team. Build the team. Next year, you can put the quarterback in place. If, if you suck this year, you suck. Like it is what it is. Like you have yeah. all these picks. You have twelve. You have twelve picks this year. You got to combine these to probably trade up to get some of your guys. But it, if it doesn't happen, you got twelve picks to just. I think that there is going to be a ton of guys in the fourth and fifth round this year that fall because teams can't do physicals on them. The guys that are literally end of round two, maybe even third third round picks, like talents. And, sh- and would be if they had the normal physicals, but they just don't. They can't have it, so they're going to fall to four or five just because of the unknown. When you have all these fourth and fifth round picks, just start taking these guys. Take that risk because, like, the upside is too high. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and get on to the Browns, pick number 10 in the NFL draft. Uh, boy, they've been busy signing some pretty productive veteran-type players in the NFL. They have went and signed Austin Hooper, a tight end. Pairing him up with David Njoku is going to be awesome for that offense. They also went and got Jack Conklin. That's going to sure up one side of the offensive line. They've also went and got Case Keenum at backup, B.J. Goodson, Carl Joseph at safety, Andrew Billings at defensive tackle. They got more depth in their secondary, and they also signed Adrian Claiborne at defensive end. They made some moves this offseason, and they spent some money. This NFL draft, this draft season at pick number 10 here, I mean, it's clearly defensive position, right? Or it's offense. It's offensive line or defense. If I'm here, I'm sure Wills and Wirfs are gone on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, what is it? Mike uh, Beckton. Beckton. Yeah, Mackay. Thank you. Mackay Beckton is going to be there. If he is, I say you just take him. 
You've yep. already got your right tackle in Conklin. In Conklin, I believe I'm saying that correctly. Just put Becton on the left side and roll with it. Just go. There, you got your tackle of the future. You already got one side shirt up. That was the issue last season with Baker Mayfield. You rush to one side. Everybody knew it. You cut off a half of the field. Can you make the throw across the field? Is he going to make the right decision? Last year, that wasn't the case. You go draft a, a top 10 left tackle. Hopefully, that opens up some space. You already have great running back in Kareem Hunt. You already have another one in Nick Chubb. Look, hey, make it freaking happen, Cleveland. Stop sucking. Stop being the Browns. Stop being the doo-doo, you know, stop winning the Super Bowl of the doo-doo version, number two, and go try and win the real damn thing. Yeah. Um, I love the Beckton pick as well, and I know that uh, our friend Doug does as well. That's who his dream guy is. So um, I love that because you give that ability of a better even run blocking and this team needs to revolve around like you just said a hunt and a chub like those two need to be able to be the guys that lead this team like you as good as sorry as uh baker can be sorry about that uh as good as baker can be um you can also see how bad he can be and how much he could actually cost you a game. So just rely on the running game and go. And when that running game gets going and you have this strong line that can pass block and run block, you obviously have these amazing weapons. Let's not forget they signed Austin Hooper, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. Austin Hooper, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Odell Beckham. Like this team Honestly, probably has the best weapons in, in, in any NFL team right now. Like, name a team, name a team that has better weapons than this team. You can't. You literally can't. Two wide receivers that can be all pro wide receivers. Um, Obviously, Jarvis Landry is like this weird, like, more volume type guy. But he's fantastic, right? Um, Austin Hooper led the NFL. Uh, NFL tight end wise in basically every category before he got hurt last year. Uh, Nick Chubb, what second in the AFC in rushing last year. Yep. And yep. then Hunt led the AFC in rushing a couple years ago, right? His rookie year. Yeah. So um, yeah, there you go. And then you have a first round pick in quarterback. So a number one overall pick in quarterback. So um, yeah, uh, Schobert. I mean. With him missing, you wonder, like, what if uh, Isaiah Simmons somehow fell to 10? What would happen there? Um, you'd wonder if they maybe went that route. That's a very that's a very Cleveland pick. Becton's there. Isaiah Simmons is there. They go for the flashiness of, oh, well, we lost Schobert. Let's do this. I'm not saying that's – I mean, Simmons is a fantastic player, but he's not going to make the difference that Becton could make on that offense. So yeah. – um, to me, it's Becton, right? Like you, you make the, make the right call there. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our last team of the episode before we end this bad boy. Uh, the New York Jets at 11, uh, didn't really have the off season that they were looking for. Uh, they kind of settled for a couple of second, third level tier players. Uh, they went and got the corner out of Indianapolis, Pierre Desir. Um, they signed Josh Andrews at center, Arthur uh, Mullet at corner. Excuse me if I mispronounced that name. Uh, they also signed depth at linebacker, Brian Poole at corner as well. Um, Alex Lewis at guard, they re-signed him. George Fant at tackle. Uh, 
Connor McGovern at center again. They just kept adding to this offensive line. But really the big signing is Brashad Perriman, the receiver from Tampa, uh, who kind of came up last year with Evans um, and Godwin. But, I mean, dude, if you're the Jets, what do you have to be excited for next year? I feel like you got worse this last year. I mean, you lost Robbie Anderson. You're, you're tied in. I don't know who he is. Your defense didn't really get any better. And your offense, I mean, you're, you added offensive line depth, which is great, but you didn't add anybody that's going to come in and own the role. Maybe, maybe you did hit on somebody, and that's good. But I feel like last year there was more optimism for the New York Jets than there is this season. What do they do in the draft to like help change that? Do they go receiver? Do they go C.D. Lamb? Do they go Jerry Judy if it's there? Do they say, screw it, we need to add speed to our offense again. Let's get Henry Ruggs. I mean, that's the question, right? So I know you said, I don't know who they are, but I, I actually feel like they're fine with their tight end. Ryan Griffin had a very good year. Uh, Chris Herndon was injured most of the year, but he had a very productive rookie or two years ago. But to your point of getting worse, who were their wide receivers? Uh, Jamison Crowder, a fucking slot cornerback that runs six yard routes all day. Like you're not getting anywhere with him. Um, you're basically setting up your quarterback for failure. Like Sam Darnold's not going to do anything at this point. Mm-hmm. So to your point, do they go after uh, one of these top tier wide receivers? And honestly, for this type of offense, you almost wonder if CeeDee Lamb is the better fit than Jerry Judy. I mean, the yeah. bigger bodied top type guy. I honestly think that CeeDee Lamb is a better fit. And if they had the choice out of Judy or Lamb, they would choose Ju- uh, Lamb. I, I just don't see much discussion there. As good as we all think that Judy is, and I and I have Judy as my number one wide receiver, but, um, I mean, Lamb's very close to it, and I could just see them being like, hey, let's get the big-bodied guy for our younger quarterback. They still need offensive linemen. Uh, you wonder if they take, uh, what's the Stanford guy, Andrew Thomas? Is that his name? Um, I believe so. Yeah, so if they take him, they still need defensive end. Like, you wonder if, like, you you gotta wonder if they're in they they end up being in the talks for like Yannick Ngakwe. Um, you wonder if they end up just saying selling out and just being like we'll pay Clowney whatever he wants at this point. <laughs> like <laughs> like you do like they desperately need that position. Yeah. And those are the two guys, and you're not gonna get a defensive end at that position, like a an upper tier guy at picky 11. Like it's weird. Like how the defensive ends are. It's so different from last year where there was like three or four that you're like, yeah, these are all top 15 guys this year. There's one top 10 guy. And that's obviously chase young. And then you got Kevin Leon chase on that. Uh, you know, I mean, depending on who you talk to is anywhere from 10 to what? 25. Like yeah. it's, it's this weird area for him. And, like, is he an end or is he a linebacker? So, Jadavion Clowney, not – he didn't – was no franchise tag, correct? No franchise tag. He's a free agent. So, let's say they go make that happen. Like, just say, fuck it, let's make it happen. The draft, pick 11, take Jerry Judy, a guy that we know is going to run routes exceptionally well, could potentially be the next Odell, the guy that we saw literally across the tunnel. Then – in the second round or third round, if he falls, they go and get Sam Donald's former teammate receiver Pittman. Yep. They get their big body there. 
because then you have uh, Bell, Le'Veon Bell, Jerry Judy, exceptional route runner, and then Pittman, who's not the fastest guy, but will go up and contest the ball. Um, I mean, he's kind of a poor man, C.D. Lamb, in a way. For sure is. Yeah. I mean, and then you add Rashad Bear- Perriman to that as well. I don't think that's a fine, a fine core. You got your edge rusher, which you desperately needed, like you mentioned. You've got receivers. You've got targets for Sam Donald. Your defensive secondary is okay. You've already you already added another safety and another two or three corners this offseason. You had a plenty of depth along the offensive line. So I mean, that's enough patches to get through the year. Yeah, so let's talk about this for a second here. So we have they sign Clowney, right? Like, okay, so you spend your money on Clowney. Uh, pick 11, you pick Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, whichever one, doesn't matter, right? Let's say uh, let's Jerry say Judy. Judy. Let's say Judy for your case, right? In round three, you pick Pittman because you're saying let's take Judy because Pittman's more similar to Lamb than he is Judy, right? So now all of a sudden you have – you're going to have Perriman, you're going to have Judy, Judy, you're going to have Pittman, and you're going to have Crowder. So you got four wide receivers – depending on whatever formation you want to be running you have your edge rusher so that means in round two you got to go offensive tackle so you're either hoping a guy like josh jones falls you take an austin jackson i think i think josh jones ends up finding his way into the first round like reports are saying so let's say austin jackson so we're saying sign Clowney. you get jerry judy then you get austin jackson and then you double up on wide receiver and take Pittman. Um, Pittman. So now all of a sudden you got your weapons there. You're protecting your quarterback with the left tackle. Plus you got an edge rusher already, just like that in your first yep. three rounds. Don't hate it. That's yep. for sure. I actually I really think, like it. I think that's the Jets winning the draft. In in their mind, that's how they win the draft. Because Pierre Desir, Desire, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. So excuse me there. Uh, had somewhat of a little bit of a market attention coming out of Indianapolis. I mean, I know the Chiefs were in, and not I don't know the Chiefs were interested, but I know there were people who are fans of the Chiefs, you know, that cover the Chiefs. Are like, hey, this might be a strong possibility at corner to go aside of Charvarius Ward because he's the only about the only other corner they have on contract besides Rashawn Fenton, who they drafted last year in the later rounds of the draft. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just trying to think of what other positions that the Jets may need. Cornerback and linebacker are the only two other ones. And you wonder if they just spend their later round picks trying to fill those positions in. Um, I also think they, they need enough edge that they might go edge again. But, I mean, their their biggest needs are left tackle, edge, and wide receiver. You doubled up on wide receiver. You took an edge, or an edge in free agency, a proven guy, so you don't need – you don't need to worry about it too much. And then, yeah, then you got double wide receiver. Yeah, wide receiver and then tackle. So, yeah, I love that, actually. I literally have no problem with that. And I think that most Jets fans would probably be excited about that. Look at us. We just did with the Jets what we've been doing with the Lions all freaking offseason. We just <laughs> we fixed did. them. <laughs> we did. We did. What do you think – what do you think what happens with Le'Veon Bell? So, obviously, he's going to be there next year. Right? He would have been gone by now if, if yeah. he wasn't going to be. Like, do you think that um, Case finally just says, like, fuck it. Like, let me just use this guy and, like, go all in. 
He should. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> he should. I'm asking what do you think happens? There's a huge difference there. I think he does. Yeah. I mean, because if, they if not, if probably. not, what else are you going to have at running back? Uh, I don't know. I, I literally don't know. You wonder if he tries, if they draft a run, another running back in like five, round five. You know, like another yeah. guy that's just like, let me just try to see if I can find somebody. Let me see if I can find another Kenyon Drake is what I think in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Hey, that's a possibility, though. I mean, I don't know. There's so much the Jets could do, what the Jets should do. Do they do it? Do they make it happen? We don't know. Uh, I just know that pretty much wraps up our episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been awesome. Trees, I'm still going to let you end it. But I just want to say, please head to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars. You leave a nice review. Let us know how we're doing. We do it good. We're doing bad. Either way, let us know. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you're staying safe. You're physically distinct, not social distancing. Keep talking to your peeps. Hit us up if you need us. We're here. Therese, take us away, bub. I'm just going to end it. And tonight we've been talking football.